Hello and welcome to Tech Crack, the podcast series brought to you by Sync NI. We are Northern Ireland's leading technology and business media company, and this podcast series will see us interview some of the best, brightest, and most influential thought leaders from across NI's business and tech sectors. Find out more on SyncNI.com or follow us across our social media channels. And enjoy. This week, I spoke with Elizabeth Bramson Boudreau. She is the CEO of the MIT Technology Review, who announced that they will be holding their annual European MTech conference in Belfast over the next three years. MTech brings together tech leaders and enthusiasts from around the world to discuss emerging technology trends. This year's event has a sustainable tech theme titled Forging a Better Future. The conference will be held virtually in 2021 on July 1st and 2nd, but Elizabeth will explain a lot more about that and why Belfast was chosen to host such a reputable global tech event. Elizabeth, first of all, thank you so much um, just to the MIT Technology Review in general for choosing RE City Belfast as this year's location for MTech. Um, I know that it was selected, you know, I was reading that it was due to our reputation as an emerging global technology hub. Could you expand on that a wee bit in terms of, you know, how or when did Belfast appear to become an option for the event to you guys? Sure, yeah. Um, So it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, And on the specific topic of our emerging technology event, which is called MTech, we had been doing MTech in Europe for a bunch of years. And then we took a hiatus in order to kind of figure out what the best strategy for Europe would be um, and consider kind of where to do it. And there are obviously a lot of good options in Europe, um, but we were fortunate to find a really terrific partner uh, to organize this conference with us, Aisling Events. And and they, of course, were very very actively advocating for Belfast. Um, so we thought that sounded great, knowing what's going on in technology there. And the only sadness I have is that I'm not able to visit and be a part of it in person. Um, although we'll definitely miss you, but at least I get to meet you today. <laughs> exactly, um, yeah. So the MIT Technology Review's mission is, um, in the words of you guys, to equip audiences with the tools to understand and contribute to a world shaped by technology. How important do you think this message is now, given the past year and a half of living in a global health pandemic? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I think more than ever, it's uh, we realize that our mission is um, is the right one and the important one for the moment we're in. So you've got deep fakes, you've got the Mars mission, you've got lots of just an unbelievable fast pace of technology. And all of this really requires a, a considered and very smart analysis and discussion of what's happening. Uh, the pandemic has certainly challenged society and healthcare and technologies in, in ways that I'm not sure we even fully understand. Mm-hmm. So we've been spending a lot of time tracking the technology that's responding to the, to the pandemic. In fact, we have a project um, that was supported by the Rockefeller Foundation that's called the Pandemic Technology Project. And in that project, uh, we publish uh, an, uh, you know, regular articles just focused on how tech, uh, how technology has responded to COVID-19 and how COVID-19 has in turn altered our lives. Yeah, it's definitely accelerated. The pandemic in general has accelerated that digital transformation of all sectors as well, which is, you know, fascinating. And then you could talk about it for hours. <laughs> but um, yeah. In terms of this year's MTech themes, uh, you know, a sustainable, intelligent, healthy, and equitable future, 
what was the inspiration behind that? You know, why are they such important themes, do you think, for this year's event? Yeah, I mean, we found that uh, the topics, so sustainable, intelligent, healthy, equitable future, we found that these topics were really the themes that hit home with um, European audiences. Um, and so along with our partners, we um, shaped the conference to really cater to the audience in, in the respective ge geographical area that we do it. Um, and that's what we decided to focus the European MTEP on. And what can we expect from this year's speakers then? You know, what, what have you guys got lined up? Yeah, so uh, it's a pretty rich program. Uh, we've got speakers from government agencies. We've got um, speakers from startups and innovative entities that are working on sustainability. Um, and, and that topic around sustainability is not something that we've um, specifically focused on in the US in the past, in our US events so much. Um, so it's gonna be really interesting to, to look at how and to discuss and learn how Europe is managing its path to a greener future. Um, I know there's a talk uh, planned from Tomas Betskin and mm -hmm. Martina Elsel, and they're the developers of Europe's first timber skyscraper, uh, which, I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but we also have speakers who are previous winners of our um, annual Innovators Under 35 uh, competition, which we run um, around the world. and. There's a, a guy called Luis Alonso, who's from Spain. He's currently at the MIT Media Lab in, our, in the city science group and really looking, he's really focused on urban indicators like big data analysis, urban planning, architectural robotics, and eco-innovation, really thinking about the future of urban architecture and urban uh, planning. So those are some highlights that I think uh, I'm particularly looking forward to tuning into. Yeah, there's definitely such a wide range of, of topics there as well. And I think what's really interesting is the, the innovators under 35, because I don't know if you guys know, it's such a big push here in Northern Ireland to get more young people involved in technology and get them more interested in, in pursuing a career in tech and, and pursuing upskilling and digital skills. How do you think, you know, the tech landscape has changed that? I know we sort of touched on this before, but with the impact of COVID-19, how do you think that tech landscape has changed in terms of, you know, yeah. going for it in the future on, on future technology jobs, jobs that maybe didn't exist pre-pandemic or jobs that maybe don't even exist now, but are expected to sort of come come forward and come in years. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for sure, things have changed. And I, I, I know that anyone who's listening has felt those changes. Um, I think when we look at the tech landscape, you certainly saw that as COVID-19 began spreading around the world and we started locking down populations and uh, cities, we needed to rely ever more on technology to kind of stay connected and uh, stay informed. And so connectivity has become an even bigger part of critical infrastructure. I think it's, um, you know, I think it was pretty much understood that it was before, um, you know, obviously important to have broadband, but I think it's, you know, to, to call it critical is probably more appropriate. And it's helped people to work remotely. It's helped, you know, millions of, of school children continue with their schooling. It's obviously helped with socializing. Um, so you've got benefits to video conferencing companies, broadband providers, 5G. Um, you think about like a conferencing service like Zoom, um, mm -hmm. which, you know, we use every day. Um, saw so much demand in 2020. I mean, uh, we, we've had the CEO of Zoom um, at our events in the past. I mean, as of October, 2020, Zoom was worth more than ExxonMobil. 
um, <laughs> which is, you know, a market valuation of $139 billion. Um, so, you know, you've got, you've got to understand that these, uh, these sort of um, predominance of platforms is only going to continue. Mm -hmm. um, I also think, you know, it's really important to, 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 at this moment, acknowledge how much technology has been a part of the fight to slow the spread of the virus and to, uh, and to find solutions to it, like, like a, a, a vaccine. Um, but in terms of the spread of the virus, you've got digital services and data-driven approaches that helped aid the pandemic response. So you've got smartphone applications, vaccine allocation ag algorithms, all of these things have happened kind of under the watch and, and the support of politicians and public health people and scientists and business. Um, the biggest technology success story we think is the, um, is the technology behind the two most effective vaccines against the coronavirus and that's messenger RNA, mRNA, mm -hmm. which everyone's probably heard about. It's behind the, the vaccines that uh, many of us are getting in our arms now been in the works for like 20 years. Um, but when the pandemic started in January 2020 in, in various parts of the world, scientists, scientists at several biotech companies understood that mRNA was going to be a way to create potential vaccines. Um, and so now how we are now, now here we are with uh, major uh, vaccine programs using mRNA vaccine going into people's arms. Um, and what's interesting too, when you look further ahead, uh, after we're through the pandemic, mRNA is going to be used to transform medicine more broadly, um, like towards other kinds of infectious disease, like malaria. It also is very promising for things like sickle cell disease, HIV, um, and even in some cases to fight off cancers. So, so much that we we created and and um, rallied behind to address the crisis that we've been living through this last year has long longevity and application for transformative um, uh, transformation across you know the world in the next year. So it's it's a very exciting. It's obviously a very fraught time, but if you if you take the optimist look, it's an incredibly exciting time. Definitely, and everything you talked about there, you know, is branching into into med tech and. Uh, medicinal technology and I think that's yeah. something that people forget about when they think about medicine you know they think science but they don't realize how much a part technology has to play yeah. in that so that's yeah. that's really fascinating um even the acceleration of that you probably have yeah. answered my next question um <laughs> within that answer but I'll go ahead and ask you anyway um you sure. know what do you think have been the most groundbreaking advancements in tech recently probably including everything you just mentioned <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I already mentioned the messenger RNA vaccine, but um, I've got a few others. I mean, in fact, uh, every year, MIT Technology Review publishes a list of 10 breakthrough technologies. Um, so there's 10 of them. Uh, we've been doing this, this for 20 years. Um, and mRNA vaccines were on our list this year, but we've got some others. Uh, GPT-3, which is the largest natural language computer model and being used for artificial intelligence. Lithium metal batteries, which uh, greatly um, expands the distance that an electric vehicle can travel and thus can be transformative to the um, electric vehicle, uh, widespread use of electric vehicles. Data trusts, green hydrogen, uh, also transformative. Uh, hyperactive positioning, so not just positioning your car um, you know, on a particular um, section of a road, but rather to the uh, centimeter level of where exactly is um, is an object or a, you know a, a person. Mm -hmm. Multi-skilled AI, which is integrating not just uh, visual but also language, so a whole range of senses 
um, combined together in, a, in, an, in an artificial intelligence, which gets even closer and closer to human, um, human intelligence. Uh, so those are the ones that we flagged up that I think are uh, perhaps relevant to your audience. Yeah, I actually wrote a story about, uh, well, I've written a lot about everything, like the main topics you've sort of talked about there, but I wrote a story about GPT-3 in terms yeah. of, um, is it going to replace my job and lots of journalists' jobs in the future? It is insane that what like GPT-3 can can come up with and, and write. And when you get to the bottom of an article and you think, oh, like this is totally written by a human journalist and then it's written by GPT-3, it's like, I was in awe. It's incredible. <laughs> It is. It's really incredible. Yeah. And so then I think for, you know, obviously I'm in the media business too, Neve, and, and, and I think the, the, the challenge for, for the journalists who don't want to be replaced by that is to make sure that the, uh, the focus is really on the, the, the analysis or the, the pulling together of the context, things that, you know, we are very, very far from having a, um, an AI replace. Yeah, well, that's sort of what I uh, came across in my article as well. So thankfully, <laughs> yeah, you're okay for, for quite some time, I suspect. Yeah. Um, what are your hopes then, Elizabeth, for the next two years, um, Amtech events in Belfast after this year? Because thankfully, you know, Amtech is coming um, for the next three years, including this year. So what I know it's a very long way off yet, but what what is MIT Technology Reviews hopes for, for the next two years events? Yeah, I mean, um, my first hope is a personal hope, and I hope I'm there next year. Um, I hope I'm physically able to be present. Uh, but if I think about it from more of my position as CEO, I mean, we're, we are looking at um, our relationship and our, and our positioning of MTech Europe and Belfast as, a, as at least three, three years. Um, and we wanna grow our footprint in Europe and establish ourselves as, a, ourselves as an authoritative voice in technology and advancements of society through technology. Um, but we're also going to be looking for new ideas and new concepts, and um, and so we'll be looking to listen as uh, as much as anything else to what uh, folks in Belfast and and elsewhere in uh, the region want from us. Um, so in a way, it's kind of a watch this space sort of answer. Yeah, definitely. And then as well, obviously, this year's event is virtual. Uh, what are the events usually like when they're not virtual, or what have previous years and themes been like? Yeah, I mean, so obviously, usually they are not virtual, um, uh, but but more broadly, I think, I mean, as a franchise, as a as a brand, MTech uh, conferences are really vary depending on where they're being held. Um, so in Latin America, for example, we tended to to lean heavily on agricultural science. Mm -hmm. um, in the Middle East, uh, we tend to do more things around smart smart cities. Um, and it's great because we have the chance to really connect with the different, you know, the, the different audiences and the folks in the region to figure out who are tackling, who's tackling the same issues and who has different questions to ask. Um, so, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's been, it's been a, a lot of really listening to what the local market wants and then adjusting while also making sure that we imprint or sort of transfer the MIT technology um, sort of a special sauce um, and provide that kind of um, overarching view of important technologies that matter probably everywhere. Um, and as I say, we are um, certainly looking forward to going back to normal um, and you know being able to meet people uh, in person. Yeah, I think everyone is like that too, but it's very fitting that this event is coming virtually because it shows how 
how much technology it has helped us and is still like continuing to help us connect throughout the pandemic and you know in a way maybe a lot of people that couldn't have made the event in in real life will be able to attend virtually so it has you gotta look at it like you say <laughs> optimistically too it's still exciting yeah. times 100 100 percent. yeah perfect elizabeth is there anything else you'd like to add no just that i hope everybody enjoys it and um and i hope uh, you know, you'll share, um, folks who attend and enjoy it will share that with uh, other people that they think would enjoy it uh, so that, you know, the, the audience can grow bigger and bigger and we can continue to really uh, do great things together. Great. Well, the technology community in Northern Ireland is a very small place anyway, and Belfast is a wee city, as we call it, um, as maybe I don't know if you're aware. So the technology community is very uh, close and tight knit here, and so many people within it are already so excited for it. So thank you again so much for choosing us to, to be the hosts of MTech. Yeah, we're excited. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Yes, thank you, Neve. Take good care. That's it for this week's episode of TechRec. For all things tech and business in Northern Ireland, visit syncni.com. Have a good week.